Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. Hmm. We're back. We're here. We're always here. Movies are back. We're here. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. I'm Charlie. <laughs> I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. Well, we lost one of our favorites just recently. I know. We've had a string of bad luck with uh, people we love dying. All the coolest character actors from like the 60s through the 80s. This is the next decade where we're all going to be uh, losing all of them. Yeah, right. So Fred Ward, one of the, cool, one of the coolest guys. Very cool. This is a guy That's right the word, here, right? for sure. Cool. Yeah. He was one of those cool 80s guys who, uh, who's like a big lead vehicle flopped. So then he was just relegated to an awesome career of 40 years of mm-hmm. side guys and cool guys with brows. <laughs> <laughs> Fred Ward was one of those guys, like one of those character actors that I recognized really early on because we were a Tremors household. Oh, 100% with you there. Big yeah. Tremors family here. Yes. I know. The fact that we're not doing Tremors to talk about Fred Ward <laughs> it's so dumb. is now dawning on me. <laughs> we, we, it's too, of, obvious. Of too all, obvious. I know. Plus, it's like... Fred Ward's great in that. That's yeah, yeah. an ensemble piece, you know. Tremors is like an Altman movie. <laughs> also shortcuts. Some movie called Shortcuts. Town. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, we once he passed, we were talking about because we've done some fun tribute episodes before mm-hmm. where we just talk about a bunch of guys, you know, different movies. Yes. Uh, William Smith, Sid Haig. Those guys had such Brian Dennehy. Long, yeah. Yeah. But Fred Ward's like, now we should target a movie. He has so many great individual movies. You know, they all do. But the ones we talked about before landing on <laughs> Cast a Deadly Spell. Yeah, we went We went with the HBO movie. The HBO, made for HBO, yeah. 91 TV movie. So we were talking some classy stuff, like the right stuff. The right stuff. We were going to do like a three-hour prestige astronaut yeah. space exploration movie which he's great in yeah that's also another great ensemble movie so good yeah i'm talking henry and june yeah you want to see about uh, some couple of authors here <laughs> we'll talk about fred war and you know, we talked about doing obviously tremors death of course yeah the player he has so many cool parts and I love Remo Williams. Oh yeah, you were pushing for Remo. I was Williams. like, you know, that's that'll be a fun. That is a fun movie. <laughs> it is good. That's the one. That that's, was that's it, his lead vehicle. Yeah, that's the, the adventure one begins. They were <laughs> grand opening, grand closing. Ambitious baby. with that, <laughs> that title. Is bold. <laughs> Remo, the adventures of Remo Williams. Never gonna stop making these. That's like Whoa. a Mel Brooks joke. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that's like instead of yeah, Dracula the adventure begins and then he just dies at the end. Yeah. Like, that is such a bold joke. That, oh no, you're serious. Oh, oh, I see. So when no yeah, when can we expect the adventure continues? Yeah. I have to assume you'd have to go that way. This with is the an title. unrebootable project. Oh man. Box office poison. But I think apparently. that's a fun movie. It is fun. And I uh, was pushing for Miami Blues. Yeah, and I, I've not seen that We've one. been dying to talk about Alec Baldwin. <laughs> like, that's, that's why we skipped that one. Yeah, been dying to get into some Baldwin yeah. discourse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Bible Blues is great, but 
So we, you and I ended up landing on a movie neither of us had seen, but we've known about That's for how quite a while. It. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch this one at least a few years. It I don't a, know where I first heard of yeah, it. Yeah, it was made for HBO with a good budget. It was like a $6 million budget. Yeah. So that was comparable to the best straight to video, you know, video store. And releases. this is 1991 HBO. Yeah. This is like Arliss level <laughs> yeah. HBO. It's like pre Arliss this is dream on. <laughs> this is level of yeah. HBO. Before they were the 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 Titans. Yeah, this was even before Larry Sopranos Sanders show. Yeah, yeah. But it was during when they had Tales from the Crypt. Right. And this movie exactly. feels in oh, a lot yeah. of ways very extended it wouldn't have been shocking for this to be Tales from the Crypt cast a deadly spell. Well, it feels like a bordello of blood or demon knight. Sure, in it, a lot of ways. It felt like a Twilight Zone. It felt like all of that good stuff. Yeah, this is a comedy detective thriller with special effects, according to the poster. <laughs> so, so this is great. And um, this is one of those just mash em up genres so that we have hard boiled detective story and H.P. Lovecraft horror fantasy. Yeah, stuff. not far off from the same vibes of like trancers. Sure. Fred Ward's a little a bit more straight man than Tim Thomerson. But this is like if a comic book did this yeah. bit. This is how <laughs> this movie kind of to me this was a very much like a comic book feeling. Very movie. much. Yeah. It went it went for the cheap Dick Tracy kind of look. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Every window was always like red lamps behind it, you know, everywhere, constantly raining. It's a noir. Now we we land on this one because oh, it's Fred Ward dur- doing horror. That's cool. Sure. You know, sure, we could do Southern Comfort. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Whatever. This is the lead role. Lead role. He is H.P. Lovecraft, (laughs) the detective in this movie. So I didn't know a lot about this. I knew it was Fred Warden Horror, and I knew it had a cool cast. Right. It does have a cool cast. It does. Early Julianne Moore. Delivers on that. Has to be the earliest I've seen Julianne Moore. Easily, but she looks the same today. Yeah. I don't get it. She still looks like Julianne Moore. It was crazy. Uh, Yeah. And then, but Clancy Brown, great Clancy Brown. We've definitely talked about him. Yeah, Yeah, great Clancy Brown. David Warner, a guy that we've Uh, (laughs) that we now talk about about a lot. He's he's going to get in the Hall of Fame here pretty soon. He has to be. Yeah, he's come up so many times recently, and just cool cast, tons of creature effects. But I didn't know anything about it. And then as we're walking upstairs to watch this movie, you go. Yeah, I saw that it's set in the 40s where everybody uses magic. <laughs> I'm going, whoa, <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm we're sorry. Di- I we're spoiled springing that, that it's a magic movie on me, like right when we're about to watch this. Well, I didn't know we were getting into a everybody uses the dark arts in the future. Just a bunch of bunch of nerd magicians. <laughs> To That's be the fair, future. that is literally how the movie opens itself. Yeah. It has oh, no, open- I wasn't mad at you for <laughs> <Yeah>. spoiling. <laughs> this was this was just like, wait, we're watching a 90-minute magic movie? Yeah, man. This is a magic. A, a and, magic horror but, movie. But so much more. But uh, so much more. Yeah, the opening titles are Los Angeles, 1948. Everybody uses magic. <laughs> All right? Just laying it out there. That's what you need to know. Every uh, Like, if this was the Terminator, you know, you'd be like... 1984, oh, yeah. the Skynet has been waging war against... <laughs> Ma- like you get a big... We're bringing you into the story. We just cold open, 1948, everybody <laughs> uses magic. No other explanation. They don't say what they use it for. Just yeah, you get thrown right into everybody that Everybody has magic, and they use it. Well, what they use it for is convenience. Yes. Everyone is... the 90% of the magic in this movie is just uh, holding something up 
<laughs> yeah, well, holding the coffee pot pretty. So you don't several have to different hold coffee up. pot levitations, <laughs> making a little palm fire to light your cigarette. Yeah, a lot having, of smoking in having this the the spoon stir the coffee. Yeah, yeah, Real basic <laughs> shit. Well, that's what they. I do like also the little, voodoo magic. There's so, also a huge like Haitian West Indies feeling magic vibe going on. Yeah. Which but, I did not see coming either. But uh, so you knew it was a magic movie. Neither yeah. of us knew this was Lovecraft. Yeah, for some reason I never heard that part. But never it is like it. his name is Lovecraft. They go to the Dunwich Room. He, yeah, he's a private investigator. Yeah, the Dunwich Room. And they room, look for the the, club. the, the, uh, the whole case revolves around the Necro. Necronomicon, Necronomicon. which I can never say. Another movie with a different interpretation of what the Necronomicon looks like. We should say up front, this movie is on HBO Max. It is. It is buried in a bunch of search (laughs) searches. This movie never... They don't want you to know, but they have it. Yeah, this never made it to DVD, never made it to Blu-ray. On I HBO. Think, I think it's on Laserdisc. It is. A, it's on disc and VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, made it to rentals. But this was an HBO premiere movie. Yeah, it's really putting the butts in the seats. And, Let's get uh, the numbers on that. The, the little reviews on Wikipedia are like, the wildly successful <laughs> yeah. cast a deadly spell. It's like... TV movies were still big in 91. The New York Times loved this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, Chicago Tribune. They were in the bed. Ba- Chicago like, Tribune. They said... should hear what they say. This movie invigorates. That's what the Chicago Tribune review says. <laughs> invigorates. In- invigorates. Like, it's like how people talk like, about Dead Poets Society. fucking pumped after watching <laughs> Cast a Deadly Spell, man. Just like really got shine. the blood going. Man, Cast a Deadly Spell. I mean, it's got a... It's got the cast. It does. It's got a cool cast. It's got a lot of spells. Got a lot, lot of spell. A <laughs> lot of rune crafting. People were big into runes in 1991. I'm sure. A lot of like, a lot of leftover gremlin props. Yeah. A lot of like John Carl Beekler level like, like <laughs> yeah. kind of guys. Actually, yeah, we get actual gremlins. Yeah, called gremlins. We get the little uh, dry bones looking monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this had some heavy hitters behind it. Gail Ann Hurd. Gail Ann Hurd. Yeah. James Cameron wife. Producer and co-writer of Terminator. Producer on all the big 80s Cameron movies. Yep. No lightweight here. Yeah, she's you know. producing this Tremors, movie. executive producer. She's producing Tremors. <laughs> yeah. She knows. One of the one of the legends. Exactly. She's one of those people that you just see their name coming in up, up enough in the credits. You know, the Deborah Hill thing. I was just going to say, yeah, it's like those... When you know <laughs> like, a producer... That's like Dino De Laurentiis like level of like oh yeah I I know directors I know actors <laughs> sometimes I know screenwriters but to have a producer's name come <laughs> yeah. up and you but go like is it oh. like because they're like a sex criminal <laughs> like they're right. just for just, all the wrong reasons just because they're showing up in all the cool credits to movies you know? <laughs> it's like when we went and saw Jackie <laughs> Brown and and. In, at the new Beverly. Everybody's getting the ovations, everyone's, right? Everyone's getting applause. Deep into the credits, people still get the... editor the, came up. Yeah, Sally Mankey's getting all the cheers. And then, yeah, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> and you can... The the audible, like, oh, Just slapped with a fish <laughs> in the room. And then, like, the Tarantino claps. A little lighter. A little lighter. <laughs> yeah, people okay. Little, well, he knew. He right, knew, so... Right. <laughs> yeah, that, it's the best when it's, like, the unexpected. Like, I think he's a producer on The Burning. Yeah. So everybody's like, oh, right, That's man. like his first yeah. Weinstein Jason movie. Jason Alexander, oh, Holly Hunter, Weinstein. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So Don't yeah, worry. Gail this Ann, one's Weinstein. Gail Ann Hurd is like, oh, yeah. That's, that's a cool name abyss. to see. Yeah. You know, 
cool. She is, yeah. She's basically James Cameron's version of Deborah Hill for John Carpenter. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, nailed it. And some awesome, awesome run of success. And then I have the cool... Uh, I was like, so what the director of this do? Is he just some, like, TV guy? And you go, oh, actually... Actually, uh, so Martin Campbell... No, Lightweight Again. About four years after this... I didn't recognize the name. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar not, with that's his... That's not a stand-up. I'm familiar with his girly movie porno career. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who was the other... Yeah, we were just talking about some other movie where the guy started in softcore and... Like a lot of them. <laughs> Martin Campbell had a bunch of sex comedies in British Britain. sex romps. Yeah, in the 70s. Real Austin Powers shit. And then, uh, yeah, did a bunch of TV, did this, then directed Goldeneye <laughs> yeah. with Pierce Brosnan what? as James Bond. Then they wanted him to come back for other Brosnan movies. He's like, I'm, I'm only going to do it if it's like I can do something new with a new Bond. And then he did with Daniel Craig in Casino Royale. Which is maybe, what, the most praised Bond that's movie t- of the last 25 a, years, probably? That is up there. That has to be up there. Oh, yeah. That's so, the top five. Goldeneye, the game that... The, he produced the iconic video game, Goldeneye. No, 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 no. <laughs> the movie, the movie. But that's cool to get to make a movie. Those are our favorite directors that yeah. start doing skin flicks. I looked up the <laughs> first poster, and it's like a cartoon woman with like big gazongas that are like being covered by like all, and everybody on the cover is making like ooh yep. kind of faces. This guy does like Classic four Campbell. or five of those, and then yeah, working for HBO. You know, you do a couple episodes of Homicide, Life on the Streets. Yeah. Then you do the James Bond movie that revitalizes the James Bond franchise. I think Goldeneye is like a perfect James Bond movie. <laughs> Goldeneye brought movie. James Bond back. I yeah. love the Dalton movies more than the Pierce sure. Brosnan okay. movies. But the I mean, Dalton the, movies were not popular the way the Brosnan ones. The rest of the popular. Brosnan movies did not have that Martin Campbell touch, obviously. No, obviously. They were dog shit. But <laughs> Golden Eye. <laughs> named Christmas. Really? <laughs> Martin Campbell wouldn't have allowed that. Yeah. <laughs> no, Golden is iconic. And Casino Royale. Again, if not the consensus, then it's my favorite bond of the last mm-hmm. twenty years. Skyfall is in you know, close. Wow, shut my mouth. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cast a Deadly Spell is a movie that I had to get into a bit. You mm-hmm. have to buy into Cast a Deadly Spell. But if you buy into it, I think I was not let down. This was a weird, fun movie that threw a lot of shit at the wall. And I kind of like that. Yeah, it does everything. It's it not puts just, in a lot of stuff. It's not just a noir meets fantasy thing. They really go for hard-hitting drama wacky comedy yeah uh well you got the lost dames you know yeah. it's a real streets of fire kind of situation yeah you know, you, you've got fred ward and Pereira, two guys they're the two leading men that bombed out and <laughs> remo williams and streets of fire yeah. fred this ward, is the kind of stuff Pereira was probably auditioning for in 91 i would think so yeah, yeah. ward got all the parade ward, was, ward and Pereira were bad do oh, you want man. a prettier version of this character or the grizzled uh going with stubbly again yeah Fred Ward just keeps cashing them in. The one thing about Fred Ward I noticed in this movie that it was like, it finally clicked for me about why he's so cool. Mm-hmm. Dude is unflappable. Yeah, man. You can throw black magic, dancing gargoyles, <laughs> all kinds of shit at this guy, and he just rolls with it. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even bat an eye. No, man. He doesn't use magic. He's the one He's man. He's the one guy. He's the, the lone wolf. The one thing the opening Wait. told us was that everybody yeah. uses magic. 
Not old HP. Not one man. <laughs> Not yeah. Phil. And let me tell you what everybody in the movie loves talking about. They <laughs> How love much everyone talk- uses magic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody uses magic. They're all talking about how we do magic, like, and everybody loves to point out how Fred Ward doesn't use magic. Yeah, they really ask him about it. They grill him about it. Everybody's nudging him. A lot of peer pressure to jump to magic. It's it had a very like, uh, oh, you don't drink? Why yeah. Don't, what do you mean? You don't drink at all? Really? Really? Not at all. Yeah. Ever. You never thought of it doing was, it. Yeah, ever. It was a weird kind of, yeah, that was a weird vibe the movie gave. Everybody off. was nudging him to try it out. Did, yeah. Not a, not a, not a aspect I thought was going to happen going in. But at the this. same time, they're also talking about this sacrificial uh, teen virgin. <laughs> so Fred Ward's the virgin magic user. We have a mm. sacrificial Lovecraftian virgin. And... Uh, also Muppets. Yes, exactly. Just a lot of Little puppets. Jim Henson looking creatures. A lot of those Peter Jackson gross yeah, <laughs> like yeah. dead alive era puppets. I didn't think we were getting puppets in Cast a Deadly Spell. When you get the noir, it's like, yeah, I could see HBO doing the noir. You yeah, yeah. See oh, absolutely. Some smoky sets. Yeah, some rain some dames in red lipstick. Yeah, they they obviously cast the right guys. Fred Ward, they know what they're doing. Clancy Brown is perfect with his little shitty mustache. He's a great villain. Great yeah. slime villain. And then to be like, you know what? We need a lot of gory Muppets. Oh, <laughs> and a lot of like hell demons. And Well, that's the other thing. It went what? full on with the gore kills. Yeah. Like the, there, were, there was a gross early kill. There was a handful kill. of brutal kills in this yeah. movie. So we, we love straight to video from that era. And because you get really creative gore and really creative stunts. In the action movies. Direct-to-video might not have the best production value, but these people were working to get noticed. This is where they were having fun with their craft, right? 20 minutes into this movie, I wasn't expecting a whirling dervish death by paper cuts. Yeah. That's straight out of a, you know, (laughs) wishmaster movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of Clive Barker shit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right, very Clive Barker. Be careful what you wish for. Then guy just screams for a minute while getting slashed by a tornado. They took their time with that kill. Yeah, because everybody uses magic. And apparently two guys are like, people are, everybody else is being really honest with their magic usage. We could just do it for evil. Yeah. And they seem to be allowed to get away with it. There doesn't seem to be a police force at all. In 1948, this is Los still Angeles. Just regular cops. Yeah. Yeah. Just but everybody uses magic. There's a lot of uh a lot of premises they can't quite cash in on a six million dollar TV budget. Yeah. But I, they set a deep goal and they really seem to at least try and get there. Mm-hmm. No matter how many people had story input on what this was. <laughs> this is a crazy thing to carve out your own market niche. If you're getting, if you're a subscription-only channel, right, and you're the one that's really selling like your Tales from the Crypt original content, Dream On, and also a movie that's very similar to Tales from the Crypt, <laughs> like that was this month's, that was like May's uh, coming attraction, right? And I love them for it. I love that this was an era where you're getting six million dollars to try and make this little goopy Lovecraft monster movie. Well, and just like who in '91 is knows who Lovecraft is? Like, right. I feel like he was an author that got his boon 
once the internet took hold and people could sh- you know pass his stories around yeah i don't think then I they got published Cthulhu again in 91 yeah i don't think that was on the tip of a lot of tongues <laughs> so for them to even do that was a lot of like oh okay because i mean i would have gone egyptian i would have said raw <laughs> you with these think, amulets we were still getting a bugs. lot of egyptian stuff and <laughs> we were still just a couple years away for more theatrical egyptian stuff oh yeah we were getting stargate in a few years man you're gonna be high off the hog in 90s egyptian box office yeah this is just oh cthulhu lovecraft you're still in the tv movie you can maybe yeah. get snuck into an episode of Tales from the Crypt. But yeah, again, they they were they weren't just doing magic. This wasn't just like Hogwarts stuff. It started like that. Yeah, you know, a lot of floating suitcases in the train station, <laughs> kind of a bit, or the the cocktail shaker that shakes itself. <laughs> yeah, real cheap stuff. But then it's like, but also vampires. Yeah, but also werewolves. Werewolves too. But also, like I said, the, the old gods. The reach on this is vast yeah it's something that would take like a guillermo del toro budget to to flesh out more of a hellboy 2 thing or like you said yeah, yeah. clive barker real nightbreed thing where you need a society you know we get there's cool magic movies like lord of illusions but mm-hmm. six million's tough to do a crazy special effects magic movie direct to video i mean and it works kind of like they really lean into kind of the silliness and the craziness of the effects. Yeah. And they show gore more than you'd expect for that kind of thing. Definitely. They were pushing what you'd get to see. The shots after the paper cutting. Pretty gross. The body hitting the floor with the deep cuts in the skin. Yeah. yeah. It's like Hellraiser level, like bloodiness. But it's also played like kind of naked gun. the movie has a bit of like uh we all know we're talking in funny 40s slang i I think that's what kind of takes a while to get into because yeah Yeah. it plays like a comedy but then it's got really intense like blood splattering violence (laughs) yeah and then it's got this really intense heartfelt drama anytime julianne moore is on screen and yeah. then it's she's like, the torch singer it goes, in the club involved yeah. with the bad guy. It goes from all of these things so quickly that yeah, you're like there's some tonal shifts. Like oh, that's that's not funny. That guy, <laughs> that guy just got killed real bad. That wasn't funny. And you're like they're doing something with a crossdresser. Ninety one. This isn't gonna go well. <laughs> I know that was rough. I'm glad the crossdressing plot got dropped for the middle. Like yeah. Two axes, like it's ninety one. It's never gonna. Go. Then you get the F slur, and you're like, yeah, that yeah. was topped up, tossed off really casually. Few things didn't quite. So age. like they were really trying to do the De Palma, you know, mixed identity, yeah. dressed to kill kind of thing on, in a Lovecraftian budget movie, and yeah, yeah, they all they went for all these things, and I I like a movie that'll go for all these dumb muddy things. Yeah. It wasn't boring. No, it was entertaining to watch. Uh, especially when someone like David Warner gets to show up and <laughs> pontificate and be creepy and I didn't know. know how much I loved David Warner until oh like until we started doing this podcast after time after time and his work in you know Star Trek series mm-hmm. I'm a full David David we, Warner well fan. we did a waxwork episode Dude, too waxwork perfect so good yeah he for yeah. a guy that I just knew is like, oh, yeah, they have British guy. I've seen him and stuff. We have just hit on some great David Warner. And so once I knew he was the villain in this, and you could tell he was the villain by the way he was like himself. <laughs> peeing <laughs> yeah. David Warner, yeah. but also bringing like, 
I'm only doing this for the protection of my 16-year-old girl. <laughs> Nobody, like, talks about a 16-year-old girl that way that isn't definitely the bad guy. You know, I was really uncomfortable any time that girl was on screen. <laughs> yeah, man. She's I was played not... up like a sex pot. She was Awful. way too horny. <laughs> Awful. And all these 45-year-old men were way too lascivious, you know. Man. Just- Gooey around her. It, I didn't like it. Once they it made sh- once, me very he, once David Warner talked about the protection of his sixteen-year-old girl, and then the you know blonde looking like Heather Graham shows up in the next scene. I'm going. Oh, I hope that's like. I hope that's a young wife. <laughs> I hope that's not the sixteen-year-old girl because they also got like a twenty-eight-year-old girl to be the sixteen-year-old girl. Yeah, and then she's just too horny throughout this whole thing. Noir wasn't this horny. Yeah, it was yeah. smoldering, but this was. Oh yeah, she's way too forward. Too. But forward. then she's also like, I've never been in a restaurant. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like she lives out on this state. What sta- the fuck? <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> I don't really know uh, this actress, but she was apparently in the player. Fred Ward must have recommended her for the. Maybe, but. Uh, <laughs> she definitely wasn't sixteen. I mean, that's good too. But once we got the Blood for Dracula subplot. <laughs> it is what we're doing, huh? Like you said, there's werewolves and vampires in this world. How'd you like the matte paintings, by the way? Oh, man. <laughs> Those are some garish matte paintings. It's pretty great when you, you... I mean, this is still the time where you can have full daylight scenes and then they cut out and it's like dark red skies everywhere. <laughs> it's like, I mean, the movie literally rained blood at yeah. a certain point. Like that, and it was just a thing. No this one is, seemed bothered by that. Like, I get everyone uses magic, but... <laughs> Everybody uses. And it's like, you you will, you know, you subscribe to some things. You're like, okay, if we run cars around, there's going to be some air pollution. I get that. I'll take that. But there's a line blood that you rain? Have to, there's a line that you have to draw for your own movie that you're making when, when anything is possible. You yeah. have to decide how much you're going to devote to anything being possible. Because you could make it like Roger Rabbit. And every frame of this movie is filled with some crazy shit going on. Oh, yeah. In the background of Toontown. And you have no idea where to look because everything's so bright. And everybody's just in the background just magicking. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. It should have been a blur of people just flying. Cra- everybody just chaos, right? Nobody just flew ma- in this movie. Yeah, man. People could use their bet. So you have to be very selective with like, all right, we have to decide what we're going to show magic doing. Yeah. They did, as we said, use a lot of pouring coffee <laughs> yeah. and stirring drinks and lighting cigarettes, and people smoked a lot. And so, yeah, you can only go so far, or else it's just constant magic chaos. Yeah. So I like how they at least concentrate their budget. Like, look, we're going to have a set amount of magic tricks <laughs> that we're going to have people do, and then we're just going to spend the rest on bloody sloppy gore. <laughs> just terribly sloppy, gooey old god monster puppetry. Yeah. That eats a guy. <laughs> that sucks him up through his weird Cronenberg fleshy yeah. tube. I kind of want to start an offshoot podcast called It Ate Him, a movie <laughs> podcast. And just talk about movies where dudes get eaten by monsters. It's such a... Anything? It has to be a monster? Or can it be a, an actual creature? Ooh, yeah. You know, like gator movies or that okay, kind of Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. I this think is definitely monst- a Cthulhu monster, not any kind of living creature. Right. But Jaws would count. Yeah. Okay. Gator would count. Okay, sure. so just a man getting eaten. But yeah, any time a person gets eaten in a movie, is that like, guy in the something lost- about that. I don't know. There's something like primal that triggers me. Whenever <laughs> I see a human being 
get eaten. Yeah. It's like, that's not, that shouldn't happen. It's a reminder, happen. huh? That shouldn't happen. It tells us how privileged we got it. Yeah. All those animals, man, that gorilla would tear me in half. <laughs> if I had to would. come face to face with a gorilla, nope. I'm donezo. But would he eat you? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he'd leave me for something else to eat after <laughs> after he ragdolled my body. I don't want to be eaten. I'd be the guy in the Lost World that gets a snake in his shirt. <laughs> yeah. And then banana heels it straight into a T-Rex. <laughs> That's, That's this good. guy right here. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's going to be, when you're eat, eaten by an animal, there's going to be some pretty inglorious deaths. Mm-hmm. They're not all like Quint. Going out yeah. just cursing the shark's name with blood coming out through your teeth, you know, like, yeah, you could go out like that, but not if they get you like head first. Then you're just a pair of kicking, like <laughs> flopping boots. <laughs> when the just tentacles kicking. got you and it's dragging you in, God, Sarlacc style. Getting tentacle dragged in is probably my. I'd rather be mauled. Yeah, I'd rather be eaten. I'd take the American werewolf kind of death rather than the the tentacle pull would be too excruciating. Yeah. Like, I don't like, oh, either it's a, it's, uh, with a squid, it's like a sharp beak. With a sarlacc, don't they make a point to be like, oh, yeah, it takes years to digest right. you. Like, oh, great. Just an acid bath, yeah. So, But again, Fred Ward, not flapped by any of this. Unflappable. Yes. He's a he's a real forester. It's crazy. He's, there's a scene where a giant stone gargoyle jumps in, and he just kicks that thing right in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Once we get a man gargoyle, I always like when a gargoyle comes to life. Oh, and this for is sure. if we're already getting if you're doing li- magic. If we're already doing gremlins with an old man literally going, it's his damn gremlins. Yeah. And then you get literal gremlins like in his the hood of his car. You're gonna you're gonna have the gremlins too. Gargoyle. Yeah. Oh. I love the gargoyle in this. Until I hate the gargoyle. <laughs> we get the gargoyle eventually doing just the icky woods like shuffle. Oh, this 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 gargoyle, man. This gargoyle goes from terrifying and brutal and does a whole this like This guy's seeming like he's in demons. He's killing dudes. Yeah. Big time. And like then, he's gonna enter in through a goat. And then he's doing like a video game weight screen. <laughs> yeah. Just like he does like a hands on hips kinda <laughs> kinda like like if he was Whoopi Goldberg, like if he was like pulling the Whoopi glasses down his nose a little uh-huh. bit, like, and he said the word child. He <laughs> <laughs> had like his own gargoyle child moment, which I didn't expect. We had just got introduced to this gargoyle like a minute in and he's already doing like a girl. Yeah. Right after he just plows through a guy. <laughs> he, he does. He just like, throws his arm through a chest, right? Yeah. Another brutal killing. That's, Bad death. And it's like the people are like screaming in this movie, <laughs> right? Like the guy getting cut up by the paper and dying. He's not just getting cut it's up. It's a shrill scream the he entire time. He is like time. a hog. We have been <laughs> inadvertently squealing. choosing just agonizing death <laughs> movies so much lately. Like you were talking about when we, we saw Northman. Northman has this constant soundtrack of screaming <laughs> agony going on in yeah. so many scenes. And that's this movie has a lot Just more of that than I thought. People anguished would and screaming and and dying off screen. The the restaurant kitchen uh, bone creature that comes out of the melting pot. Oh yeah, and then just tears a dude up, <laughs> it, and the dude comes back all like, oh with a melty super face, super bloody. Oh. Wow, it was intense. It was classic. That era, direct-to-video gore. I guess. 
So we get used to seeing certain names on our, you know, watching horror movies. You see certain, <laughs> when it's gloppy in a certain way, there's a couple guys we always expect to see. Sure. I didn't recognize any of the makeup talent on this movie. You nothing know, I, nothing rang a bell for I, me. I no. looked a few of them up afterwards, and they've all done cool projects. You know, one worked up with Tarantino a lot, uh, but nothing, you know, that would indicate they had a history of... Yeah. Straight to video gore horror as their thing. I'm sure it was Gail Ann Hurd bringing them in from from she's her so, team. She's so cool. Yeah, we got we got to look into Gail Ann Hurd because yeah, it was the pretty, Hurd cast. It was effective gore. It you was, heard? <laughs> it was gross. <laughs> yeah, there was some gross stuff yeah. in this movie. Yeah, they got. I always hate when people get burned faces. That's a nightmare of mine. Don't yeah, want a yeah. burned face. And yeah, when that big fat restaurant manager comes up after getting a boiling pot of soup demon summoned yeah people are summoning demons other people are still just cool with like i guess that would be like now if everybody was given special powers someone just be like i'm gonna get better at gaming (laughs) a lot of people just like i'm gonna get food from downstairs easier yep and there'd be two people that are like i'm learning to summon soup demons (laughs) some two people would ruin it for everyone exactly people take it too far man but clancy brown this is not the kind of role I've seen him in. Mm. He's always, you know, he's got a cool look. And he's a tall guy. He's a handsome, good-looking, yeah. you know, interesting-looking guy. He's a pretty young Clancy Brown. This is young Clancy. Yeah. And his level of, like, kind of mustache-slicking, like, uh, you know, evil carnival henchman. Very Nightmare Alley, but with his was the one bringing the comedy. Mm. His role was bringing more of the comedy. Because he was such a cartoon looney tunes villain and then everybody would die horribly because of it (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we were doing these kind of like no i won't reconsider (laughs) but then the guy dies bad like a badly struggling drowning like oh (laughs) that's not a looney tunes ending at all cartoonishly throw him out the window nope nothing like that yeah i think that was my obstacle for the whole movie it's just like the violent stuff was so violent that the funny stuff then was not funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes movies try to have it all. Yeah. Sometimes the comedy and the violence works. You know, they live knew how to balance it. Evil out. Dead movies do that well for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a balance. It's the reason why the one, the first two that we named off the top of their heads are two of the best. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because it's a tough balance. It's hard to find that right comedy and horror. And this one... I like what they reached for, mm-hmm. but I like that Clancy Brown level of villain. I like the zombies in this movie. That main black zombie was a cool movie zombie. They were doing the classic pre-Night of the Living Dead, like, voodoo zombie. The Caligari kind yeah. of thing, or I Walked with a Zombie exactly, kind of stuff, yes. where you can uh, control and do make the zombies do your bidding. I like that and era the, of the zombie fact that horror. One of my favorite parts was when he goes to that... Uh, construction area and they're using the zombies to build these new cheap houses yeah like the bluth subdivision out in the desert yeah. kind of thing and uh spoiler alert the zombies are not good at building a house they're terrible at this, this was like this there gotta be a better way you do like they did zombie buster keaton gags <laughs> yes <laughs> that one dude got hit with that he wood, did though. he got hit he walked he a flinched. little too fast yeah he missed his mark yeah. They didn't block the, the house tipping they kept properly. That running. He got clipped in the arm, right? But he had zombies falling in the cement. And oh, yeah. Like, he got some great, some great zombie gags. Stupid. So dumb. Very dumb. All in the backdrop, just like falling over each other. You had like 
Devo Whippet levels of, <laughs> of matte painting backdrop. <laughs> yeah, like you're looking for the sag. Yeah. I loved how they just played with that level of cartoonishness where you pulled up at somebody's estate. In the background, just a neon pink sunset. Yeah. Because of this matte painting. Not going for the realism, perfectly embracing kind of the this neo-noir look. And then you also have zombies doing pratfalls into cement. Mm-hmm. You and, have and gargoyles doing their child bit. Gargoyles yeah. doing the like end, a. He is doing a full on cheerleader route. It's it is. It's like a full soft shoe like rah rah routine. It's like a total like baseball mascot. Like it's the Philly fanatic out there shaking much. his shaking his ass. <laughs> very was that gargoyle. It man. was the capital city goofball. What an idiot. Yeah, he was some <laughs> college mascot gargoyle at a certain point, but he was like rooting for Cthulhu. Yeah, exactly. He was just kind of standing. It reminded me of <laughs> in Elm Street 2 when they cast too many tall teens. <laughs> so Freddy was just kind of running around poolside just like, like this little guy. You have this giant, yeah. huge latex sucking Cthulhu monster. And then you kind of cut off to the side and the gargoyles just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> this right. little guy just like flexing and yeah. kind of like, yeah, that's right. He's like a bleacher bum. It's just like starting to give it off like a Beavis and Butthead vibe a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah. Making a little sneer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just, this guy like disemboweled someone 20 minutes ago. This guy's, <laughs> this guy's just kind of doing, you know, doing the moonwalk out there to get the crowd going. I don't know. I was into it. <laughs> I, was, I was feeling this. I was into this, man. Fred Ward is, you know, that kind of dryness. He's kind of unflinching, like you said, dryness that can carry this kind of zany project. And this was zany. This was very zany. This was an idea. I got almost as, as, yeah, maybe even zanier than Tremors as a concept. (laughs) I mean, Tremors was a movie that somehow my mom liked. Like I said, we were a Tremors family. Everyone loves Tremors. And that movie got played on TV a lot because it had that magical, undefinable genre. PG thirteen, mm-hmm. <laughs> no other movie like it. You know, had all the great reasons for it to be playing on a Saturday afternoon. And if we saw Tremors was on when flipping through our few channels, we were at least watching a couple commercial breaks I agree. of Tremors. Oh yeah, it's one of those for sure. kind of movies. And yet, Cast a Deadly Spell was basically the same year. You looked up yeah. Gail Ann Hurd, what she did in nineteen ninety one, right? She'd cast Deadly Spell and then some other flick. She produced this movie and something called Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Was the executive <laughs> this was, her, this was the pet project. Yeah. This was the, the one from the heart. The, you could tell. You know, she was coasting for whatever her duties were she on kept, T2. She kept trying to get gremlins into the Terminator movies. <laughs> yeah. And James Cameron's like, I can't do it. It's too much. Too this, far. this was before the new batch, huh? Right? Uh, this would have been geez, before Gremlins know. 2. Maybe. Yeah. Gremlins were a property that might not have seen a comeback. Could Cast of Deadly Spell brought the... <laughs> no. No, I Absurd. Don't so. Absurd. No. no. But I don't know. This movie uh, is the kind of TV movie I like to find. I like that this movie is out there. I like that Cast of Deadly Spell is somehow on HBO Max. Hidden. If you, When I Googled this movie, it didn't list as being played on any streaming service. I thought we were going to have to track down the VHS. The Laserdisc is probably $80. It's uh, yeah. All of the dumb movies are it's, the ones that are there. expensive on Laserdisc. It's probably pretty rare at this point. Yeah, yeah who's buying I don't the... think they did a wide release on this one. Yeah. 
<laughs> not sell a lot of eighty-five dollar new Just discs. Fifty thousand copies of Cast a Deadly <laughs> Spell up there. Just burying the landfill. <laughs> no, if you hadn't found this on HBO Max, I didn't think this was available. And I love that HBO makes us available. Yeah. I love any kind of honest internal numbers of how many people are checking this out. But we've seen a lot of Fred Ward movies. A lot of great Fred Ward movies. And I really liked matching up on one that none of us had seen. Yeah. And a lot of people haven't seen. This wasn't the one getting mentioned in his uh, no, in his obit. Not as much. And yet, I'm loving it. Nice. Came to this. I liked it too. Yeah. Now, I got to tell you before we go, there is a sequel. Oh, but I heard. Yeah. Fred Ward is not in the sequel. Dennis Hopper. And it, but it was like a three-year later role. sequel, yeah. right? Yeah takes place during the 50s. So be on the lookout. I mean, this movie ends with a with a sequel-worthy uh, hook. Oh, yeah. He's got the book. Now, the one good guy, the one guy who do- isn't perverted by the dark arts, he's Even in though possession. he really wanted to bang that 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah, man. He just man. didn't get a chance to. By the way, thanks a lot, Martin Campbell, you nonce, <laughs> for making the hero of the movie a the one guy that had sex with the 16-year-old is the guy that we're like, what a Michael Haneke end to a movie. Just like, yeah, the hero's the guy that did take the jailbait. Just like, just great. laughing it off that you're like, ah, you and that 16-year-old. Uh, what's your wife going to think about this? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's it. That's it. The hero- You saved the world. Yeah. Also, you banged a... I mean, so now everybody... Now he's getting... Obviously, he's getting away with it. Is that what the sequel is? We're going to find <laughs> he's, out? He's the one who's getting witch hunted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We know what you did 10 years ago. <laughs> Save the world? Cancel that? I don't know. Is, that, yeah. is the sequel about the moral conundrum? Yeah. Is it like the trial of Billy Jack? The trial of uh, Gallegos? Whatever that, <laughs> yeah. that dude's name was. So, are there other cool people in it? Dennis Hopper's a cool lead in a, in a uh, ni- 90s direct-to-video noir. I've heard some characters come back. I haven't looked up too okay. much about it. Oh, man. Dennis Hopper going toe-to-toe with David Warner would be... Oh, yeah. I don't want to look. Be- <laughs> I bet HBO's got this one, too, right? I would. That's what... I, yeah, oh. I mean, it's got to be up there. Coming next week. You're going to have to look for it. Putting us on a schedule on this one. But I'm also going to have to look up more Fred Ward, because I, yeah, I know the, the good handful mm-hmm. of movies that we love him in. But I know there's got to be more out there. There's got to be some Ward hidden gems. So, you know there's good Fred Ward stuff. Yeah. Guy was acting up until just a few years ago. You know there's cool stuff. I bet there's a nice like romance project. Oh, yeah. He could play one of those Redford types when he's 70. You know, an old rancher. I bet Perfect. there's a good old rancher romance with Fred Ward. I want to watch that one. Yeah. These TV movies are the kind of movies that are most getting lost. These last mm. few years. We've gone on a great run of physical media preservation. Really committing to physical media, some obscure movies. But TV movies are a lot tougher. Because a lot of these never even made it to DVD. If yeah. they made it to VHS, they weren't big properties. You know, this movie, what numbers could this have been doing? Mm-hmm. By the time it was off HBO and into the video stores. So these TV movies are the ones that... Especially if they were shown on a network. ABC wasn't marketing their TV movies to video stores. Right, exactly. There's a lot of great performances that are getting lost on those that only exist in bad YouTube copies. People that taped them off TV. Right. <laughs> and digitized them. They're That's the real tough. heroes. Yeah. That's a tough one, too, to expect. 
So the fact that HBO is putting up, they're like, yeah, we did a 1991 <laughs> Lovecraft noir that nobody knows about. We're hosting it right next to American Psycho 2. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's now on the list for sure. Yeah, definitely. But it came to this. It did. This it, is a fun one. Look up Fred Ward, man. Yeah. You know, fire a dart blindly, and you'll you'll find a cool way to celebrate this very cool guy. I'm looking forward to discovering some more Ward, for yeah. sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to kicking into three hours of Remo <laughs> Williams' Asian face. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> We'll talk about Joel Cray soon. But that's a story for another episode. (laughs) That's for another pod. (laughs) I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening. Good night.